0: Hobby addict no It's time for hobby addicts.
1: And now here are your anime addicts.
2: Everybody, welcome to Hobby Addicts, episode 266, Hey-o. where our Hobby Addicts series of podcasts has now exceeded the vast majority of most podcasts' regular uh, run times. And I'm your host, Mitsuki, back from the dead. Just kidding. Maybe not. But I'm here, and I'm joined by Caroline.
0: Hi, hi. What's up?
2: Well, not a whole lot. Just uh, enjoying the finally not frigid weather in Denver. And we also have Mason from Illinois, Illinois,
1: Illinois, Illinois, come on, bust out the Illinois, um, no, I'm actually completely forgot you were gone last weekend and I was like, has it really been a week already? (laughs) Yikes. You missed out
0: on a good game though. We had quite a bit of fun with the super fight.
2: Well, that's good to know. And, uh, but I'm glad to be back. I'm going to bring the energy today because I have had six cups of coffee already and I haven't even cracked my monster as if caffeine does anything to me, which it does not. <laughs> but today on Hobby Addicts, it's one of those things like if you're an ADHD person, then you'll know that caffeine, literally it's so weird, it has no effect on you. It's like some some, I wish I knew what it was in the brain chemistry that causes that to happen. But I mean, Adderall really is basically like straight amphetamines. So I mean, I guess it does make sense.
0: Well, speaking of caffeine, I brought up my cup of coffee for the afternoon and and I did not spill it this time.
1: Oh, wow. Congratulations. Now, did you not spill it because you filled up your cup to a reasonable level or you had a bigger cup for the same amount of liquids?
0: Neither. It was a lot or of you're concentration. Just skill skill, I guess. yeah. I mean, because I don't really get to choose exactly how much I get in my cup because I have a keurig, and you know, you pick the the big cup option, the slightly less big cup option, medium small, et cetera. So I took I took the Leslie the, sorry, the slightly less big cup option, but also, I have a slightly less big mug. So <laughs> kind of go hand go hand in hand.
2: All right. well, we will revisit the coffee talk on the main podcast. But for now here on Hobby addicts, what is going on? Well, I had um, family in, in town all week, so there wasn't a lot of gaming going on, except I did beat uh, Pancake's parents like a drum in both Mario Party and Mario Kart, which was pretty fun, That's but pretty uh, completed the mountain car. So the mountain car is done, so I can talk about that a little bit, and we have a very interesting um, hike planned for, we actually have some really brutal hikes planned for the next three weeks, so we'll get into that. Caroline has, is going to talk about No Place on Earth, which is described here as a doc. I'm not sure what a that is. A documentary. The documentary and A Quiet Place Part 2. Ooh, that's a horror movie, isn't it?
1: Yeah.
0: Well, you know, yeah. It's not, it's not like horrific to me because I don't know I always feel like, oh, I cannot watch Paranormal Activity or anything like that. But A Quiet Place is, you know, it's pretty good. So.
2: All right. So we'll hear about that. And I'm kind of excited because I want to see that. And Mason is very hyped about Elden Ring, as I think most people are. And uh, of course, Mason also is an aficionado at Disc Golf. So we're going to talk about that as well. And you know what? I wasn't here last week, so I'm just going to take the spotlight and be a greedy little bastard. Do it. So the mountain car. So we're doing this mountain, we're doing this trail called, well, we're doing a mountain called um, Humboldt Peak next week. And Humboldt Peak is not a particularly difficult hike, but the roads getting to Humboldt Peak are brutal, um, and they're very long. I there's a YouTube video of one of them, and it's like so long that the video is chopped into three three um, like three installments, and the road is just. It looks like a. It looks like a a stream that was filled with water going downhill that was drained. So there's no water in it, but all the rocks are still there. So it's just like barely even a road, really. Um, It's just, you know, it's just a bunch of fucking rocks. And so I'm looking at this uh, car that we have, this Highlander, and I'm thinking, well, this thing's never going to make it to the top of this road, period, end of story. It may not even make it like a third of the way up the road. And and the road adds five miles of hiking. <laughs> and I'm like, I don't really want to do an extra five miles of hiking, uh, you know, you know, down this road. Cause especially on the way back, you're, you're so exhausted at the end that an extra mile feels like just in, completely intolerable. So to add two and a half miles coming back, you know, five miles round trip, that's just way too much. So, so I did some shopping, and I found um, they really only make three types of tires for the Highlander that are that are trail tires. And those are like the – when you see like a Jeep that has like excessive-looking tires on it, those are like trail tires. And so I grabbed some of these uh, Falcon Wild Peak uh, um, AT2, it's called, these trail tires that will fit, fit on the Highlander, and I'm going to get them installed next week to the tune of $700, <laughs> which is uh, pretty brutal, but um, – is actually a pretty good price for those tires uh, fully installed so the uh so we'll we'll see how it's going to go the um this trail is called South South Colony Lakes Trail uh and it's described as one of the more beautiful hikes in the Rockies it has you basically hike through a vat like a, a valley in between like mountain ranges and then it and it passes by like several lakes on the way up to the to the you know the actual climb and So you get to have some beautiful scenery on the way up. And so I didn't want to miss out on it. So we got to get the tires on the car. So, oh, and the sleeper is done. So the sleeper on the back of the car is totally done. It, uh, it lifts up. So the top platform lifts up so you can get underneath to all the different like air sections of it underneath and has a, a grill that pulls out about four feet from the back. So you can, uh, And I have chains chains that help hold it up that are bolted into the tailgate, so you can uh, so you can wake up in the mountains and cook bacon if you want, like out of the back of the car, which should be pretty neat. And uh,
1: are you going to be doing Humboldt as a overnight?
2: Um, yeah, because the road is just terrible. So like, if you don't, if you can't do the road, then the hike is sixteen miles, and I mean that's pretty long, and the weather is not looking super good. Uh unfortunately, I think the last time I checked, they were they were calling for thunderstorms in the afternoon. Humboldt Peak forecast. And there's a there's like this website called mountainforecast.com that has just like it's a fantastic website for weather for weather. It even tells you like the temperature at different elevations. And well, it looks like it's a, it's improved. So they're only calling for for storms in the like the like the late, like the like, like the early evening now. So, but it's still long. Sixteen miles is an awful lot. And um, yeah, yeah. Because I mean, like a good pace would be a mile and a half an hour for the whole hike. And so you're talking, you know, that's like a twelve hour hike. You know, <laughs> and so, and so yeah, we're gonna spend the night there. Yeah, the next hike we're gonna do is the really tough one. It'll be the hardest hike of the year. It's the Columbia Harvard Traverse. And um, I don't even know how to describe this hike other than the fact that it's so long and aggressive that we're going to hike half of it and then camp in the mountains so that we have time to do the hike the next day. Because you basically go up one mountain and then you can either hike down that mountain back where you started and then up the other mountain, which is like a total of almost 7,000 feet of climbing, which sounds like an awful lot. <clears throat> or you can climb up one mountain and then do the ridge line that connects the two. On the ridge line, you don't climb as much elevation, but it's described as one of the most search and rescued trails in all the Rockies. So if you, ooh, fun. Pretty easy to get lost and be just fucked royally, and you know, and you're up there, you're up there like probably where you, like where you and I were, Mason, uh, when when I brought you, like when we were when we were up towards that that 14,000 point, like it's, uh, it's probably like a five hour, five hours of time up there. So it's going to be pretty hard, but that's, you know, that that's that we're doing that for the July weekend. So <clears throat> I'm excited. And then, and then that'll be our 20th. That'll, that'll notch our 20th mountain, uh, after that hike. So it's, uh, pretty cool. Oh, and I got on top of the bed. Um, so pancakes, buying all of like the cool equipment for it. I, I built, I, I paid for building the platform. She's paying to buy the like the the, the gizmos and the mattress and stuff. She's and, furnishing
1: uh, the interior.
2: She's furnishing <laughs> it. Yeah, that's right. So, so, she, so she got the mattress, and we got it in there, and I climbed on top of it. Didn't even move an, at all. Like, the thing is so fucking sturdy. Um, and then she climbed on it with me. Didn't move at all. So it's holding 300 and... See, I'm not that light. So let's see. It's, you know, it's holding probably... It's holding, like... 330 pounds without a single creak. <laughs> it is like um like elephant strength so pretty is it neat. comfortable
0: yeah i mean it's it's that's, comfort- not, that's
2: not what it's hard to do
0: <laughs> well you well, want to get some good rest when you're enjoying the green outdoors
2: i mean she's not wrong mason like uh, we have a high we, there's a week in september where we're going to do six of these in one week and um it i would think i think after you're all you want to rest your broken body on something fairly comfortable overnight, and I'd say it's not, uh, I mean, it's not Holiday Inn comfy,
1: but it's... You're not going
0: to get some pillows for just for decoration. <laughs> I mean, it's...
1: <laughs> it's going to have 17, marshals 17, and, uh, 17 get throw to, like, pillows on it.
0: Live, laugh, love.
2: <laughs> I just want to, like... Live, laugh, hike. I, I, I just want to have my, like, hips not hurt in the night, like, if I'm laying on my side. Um... But I think it'll be fine. We'll throw some blankets down on top and make like a blanket pile. And and uh, but we want to. But right now we're st- I'm stapling these like little this string. These, we have these really thin lights. That it's almost like wire. They're so thin, but it's like a hundred feet, and I'm kind of stapling them into the ceiling. So we'll have like this. Mm-hmm. We'll have like all these lights on the ceiling. Um, and we have a, a cooler that'll keep the stuff cool for a few days. And like a five gallon
1: water tank. And, Is uh, there even enough room for uh, the pupper in there with you guys?
0: Yeah, does, does does she have a little nook or something?
2: So the pupper has um, a crate
1: on top of the car.
2: <laughs> <laughs> the pupper has slept in the front seat before, so okay. I think that the pupper will either sleep with us on the platform or on or in the front seat. It'll it'll be up to her. You know, I think she'll fit she'll fit wherever she wants to lay down, pretty much.
0: In the future, and for I'm, those, sorry, go ahead. I want you in the future to have a little uh, DVD player on the wall so you can watch little movies and stuff.
2: Ooh, a DVD player. That could happen. Just bring out the projector. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I would just like, would just like uh, project onto the trees and stuff.
0: I don't know if that would work very well.
2: It it, it wouldn't, but, but, but it's a fun idea. Yeah. So, um, yeah, so it's pretty exciting. It was tough to build it and, um, it's going to be needed for sure, because um, I've I've cherry picked most of the hikes that have like sh- either shorter lengths or have easier roads. And everything from here is either a long ass hike or um, a really fucked up road, like, you know, really fucked up like Jeeps and trucks. And that's it, you know, and maybe not even the trucks, you know. So there's one there's one called Missouri Mountain. You and
1: you and the car to the limits.
2: The car, I mean, the car may get stuck even with these um, like nice tires I've been buying. But uh, like some of these trails have like your car has to be able to d- drive through um, like, you know, front bumper deep water for like 100 feet, stuff like that. You know, some of them are just fucked up trails. And unless you have like a lifted car or a snorkel or something like you're just not making it. So so you got to be able to sleep out there and suck it up. Uh, now the
0: next thing you need is to give it a name, and I'm thinking the Mitzmobile.
2: Oh wow, I agree on giving it a name. I don't know if Pancake's gonna go for that name. So. Okay, so maybe something <laughs> a little her. more breakfast let me, oriented. Let me see here. Hey, uh, hey, Pancake. What? How do you feel? How do you feel about calling the Highlander the Mitzmobile? No. She said no. <laughs> yes, we heard. <laughs> do we? Do we need something more breakfast food oriented? She said, nope, doesn't like that either. Call a the flaming skillet. What would she like
0: to call it then? It needs to be called something.
2: Is that the the name you want? She says, the dick destroyer. (laughs) Dick destroyer in big letters. And underneath... The Conqueror of Mountains, the Dick Destroyer. That, that's what she I wants. mean,
1: if, you, if you're going to call your car the Dick Destroyer, you got to get a pair of truck nuts for it, or oh. whatever they call them on the car version. Mason
2: <laughs> says, in that case, we have to get a pair of, like, truck nuts. You know, they put them on, like, the. she says, fuck yes. Pink ones. Glittery pink truck, truck nuts on the
1: back. So right. I, I don't want to go off on too much of a tangent uh, because yes. no one cares about my story, but in my adventures... Uh, yesterday, driving around, I saw two cars with um, accessories on them that maybe I will offer to you, Mitz, as ideas for your oh, car. okay. Which are what? So sure, one of them love was this like sporty looking car, kind of like a Miata, but mm-hmm. it wasn't a convertible. It was a very like fast looking car. And on the back, like near the tailpipe, w- uh, what was looks to be like a plushie or some kind of like small toy of the Minion from like the Minions movie. Just being like dragged along on the road. So it was constantly eating asphalt and like sucking in exhaust and just putting this minion toy through th- through hell. <laughs> so if you're not a fan of the minions, maybe you could add that on. Is that is that and like
2: it was that like is that literally like an accessory you buy or does that just somebody... no no I'm sure
1: the person was just like minions are stupid let me let me just make it look dumb and <laughs> but the fact that this was added on to a very sporty looking car was quite amusing we could definitely do that and the other that. one and uh, I just
2: posted I I just posted a link to the road so you can just imagine a minion being just like.
1: Just yeah, exactly, just popping popping around on the road. Yeah, exactly. Uh, and the other one was a bland gray minivan, you know, your classic soccer mom car, with a airbrushed hood of, like, this epic, I don't know, Viking warrior. And it looked so out of place on this car that I was almost impressed by the galt. Like, it wasn't the side paneling where the doors were. It was, like, the hood of the car, which you can't even see when you're driving. Uh, and it looked terrible but it was <laughs> it was so audacious and I almost had to tip my hat to them and uh, give them props but both of them you know I wouldn't say either were a good look but they were bold and I, I want you to have that mindset with your car
2: audacious okay I like it all right well I, I do like the idea of the minion it sounds very low cost as well which is great <laughs> this, this car has two hundred and twelve mile, thousand miles on it so it's probably not worth it, it, it was arguably not worth putting the tires on it but i figure if it saves me 100 miles of walking uphill i'm going to buy the tires you know over the course of the next 30 hikes so
1: yeah and 700 isn't like terrible for installation and all that
2: well i called over 50 places to get i got the i'm pretty sure i got the lowest price in the city so
0: look at you <laughs> well, so efficient with your money
2: yeah well one guy wanted 950 to do it and i got and i managed to find it for 7 well you got i mean you got to be it's like, have you seen how much it costs to buy a piece of wood nowadays?
0: <laughs> <laughs> no, but you've talked about it.
2: <laughs> it's fucking ridiculous. I feel bad for people that are like buying, like building. If you're building anything on your house right now, like, oh, I'm going to remodel my kitchen. Like, I just feel bad for people. Like, it's It's got to suck. So, but let's see here. Where do we go from here? Where does the, where does the, the fun stop? I want to hear about a quiet place because I love horror movies. So I want to, someone I want to see if this is good. Airline.
0: Okay, your wish is my command. Okay, okay. so <laughs> um, I went to go see it yesterday morning at like 11 o'clock. Yeah, it was like not exactly twilight time, but uh, it, it was the only time that was going to work for me. So I went to go see it, and it was good. It's definitely worth seeing in theaters if you're going to go see it at all. Um, the only thing is, it's kind of a rehash of the first movie in a lot of ways. Mm-hmm. Um, so if you liked the first movie and you just want more of that, I'm sure it's great. But if you're looking for something a little like, if you're looking for something to really open up about the world and all that, it's not really going to give you all that much because um, I don't know if you like watch the trailers or anything, but they do put a little bit of an emphasis on who's worth saving and if there are any people worth saving left in that world. There's only like one situation in this whole movie that really uh, points to that. For the most part, otherwise it's just following our main cast. They meet a new character, um, and they tr- like. And part of the story is them coming, trying to find a way to end the apocalypse. Uh, and the ending of the second movie is very, very, very similar to the ending of the first movie and that I kind of wanted more mm. of what happens after that because they introduce us to this town at the end, towards the end, and you don't really see what happens with that town even though they kind of made it, made it seem like it's going to be a very important place. So I, I, I don't think that really spoils anything or anything important. It's just that it was good, but... Unfortunately, it didn't really, uh, it didn't really come through with all the promises that it made. But the one thing I love about *A Quiet Place* is that it's a lot of show don't tell, and you don't really see that a lot in uh, good horror movies. So it's it's definitely a really good movie. But I it, think we want more coming from it.
2: Is it like legitimate, legitimately scary? I mean.
0: Like there are certain parts where I'm like literally covering my face with my hands because there are certain gore scenes that I just, I, I just can't handle. Um, so there's certainly that, and there is like a lot of good tension. Um, and there's like one point where the group is kind of split, and you have the you are going back and forth between like these three areas, and you're like, okay, something's gonna go to shit all at once in bo- all three of these places, and you know it's coming, so mm-hmm. the tension is kind of like ramping up. So it, it is good in that that way but uh yeah uh and also in the the beginning it's basically showing you the, the the what happened uh at the very 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 beginning of the apocalypse so you do see John Kuczynski a bit which is nice uh and you and it's a really good opening scene uh, doesn't really play too much of a role in like the overall of the movie um but yeah one thing that um, uh, I get on focusing on is is uh, Emily Blunt, and you know how you know you know how you can tell when a woman is dying her hair blonde, and that's basically most women. Is it and like it's is like, that like
2: the roots or whatever?
0: Yeah, yeah, it's the roots, and I don't really like care all that much about it. It's just that you're like 400 days into this apocalypse, and your hair still looks <laughs> like you dyed it like a month or two ago. Like, what are you doing, Emily? <laughs> oh my goodness. You just made it, you just have made it brown, to be honest. <laughs> uh, it would have made more sense to me. And um, also there's just a couple instances of, okay, why did they do that? And why did this kid do that? And why did he feel the need to F everything up for no reason? <laughs> kind of. But, yeah. Just, how did she get her nails in done
2: movie. in the apocalypse?
0: I did not focus on her nails, just her hair, really. Oh, I'm just joking. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, it, I, I recommend it. It's is
2: it is it like a jump scare movie or is it just like gory?
0: Um, you know, there's like no, there's not too much of either of those. There are certain instances of that. It's just that something happens to one character, and when you think about that happening to you, you automatically just want to like curl up into a little ball, kind of. Um, but you don't really. I I don't from looking in between my fingers. I don't think it really went to. A grotesque or anything like that. Um and there are a couple of instances of jump scares, but not an overwhelming amount. But I've also don't really watch a lot of horror movies, so I don't know. Maybe it's just my opinion.
2: Do you like horror movies, Mason?
1: Hmm. That's a difficult question. I would say I don't like scary movies, but I do like um I guess it, like enthralling, like frightening movies. Like Bloodborne, I would say is not it's not, not a movie, obviously, but like it's mm-hmm, it yeah, not is. Yet. I wouldn't call it a scary game, but it does frighten you into excitement. And I would say that's kind of the horror movie. I guess more thriller is the word I'm looking for. Stuff like Mulholland Drive, where it's like unnervingly creepy and intense, but it's not like so gory or jump scary where you're like. I, the only intent is to make me yell, but make me concerned and questioned is more my thing. So often I will not like go watch a scary movie because I don't enjoy the experience.
0: They're only like, I, I don't really watch a lot of horror movies, mostly because I'm afraid of, uh, you know, not being able to sleep at night because my imagination kind of runs wild at that point. Uh, but I have, you know, just sat down and watched a scary, try to watch a scary movie, especially last year when... It felt like I had nothing to do ever and was just in such a, uh, you know, boring routine. I just wanted to feel something. And so I watched *Midsummer*, which was uh, an interesting experience. Kind of like, um, you know, that test with rats. And if they were given absolutely nothing to do except for the option to shock themselves, they always shocked themselves. (laughs) Yes, I guess it's similar to that. But also, there's just stuff like Jinji Ito, where it's just such a visceral kind of fear that I cannot. Yeah. Like, I I, I, I am so interested by him and his works, but I always feel like if I actually read them, then I would have a hard time getting over them, I guess.
2: Yeah, and they're really. Yeah, that that shit's just creepy. Creepy and bizarre. That's the kind of shit you would have nightmares about, probably.
0: Yeah. It's just kind of that. Thing that kind of just keeps in your head and it's hard to just forget. So, I mean, I guess I, I will I say I did from. go
1: on like a David Lynch binge uh, yesterday. So, I did watch like Eraserhead, which is a I don't I wouldn't say it's scary, but more of like a frightening like body horror fever dream vision quest of just weird, obtuse imagery and crazy sound design. But once again, I don't know if I would call that scary and more just incredibly unnerving
0: Mm.
2: well anyway I like found footage myself it's my favorite sort of type of horror movie so I like the paranormal activity and stuff like that okay let's see where do we go from here how about Elden Ring Mason because that's a hot topic
1: yeah we can bring that up but even more importantly than Elden Ring did Mm. you see the other game that was revealed at E3 that I think you'd be very into Mitsugi I actually didn't watch E3 at all so I'm well. You didn't miss much. Uh, and that's <laughs> why I didn't watch it. So why don't you fill me in? But there was the announcement for the next two point game, two point campus. No, coming out next year. No, and it looks like there's a whole lot of stuff to do in it.
2: Oh my gosh!
1: I'm so excited. <laughs> is it I'm like, very
2: unaware of what any of this is.
1: So, uh, oh gosh, is it like co- is it, two it point like a college? Hospital. Yeah. Oh my goodness. It, and it looks very diverse and a lot to manage. But Mitz has been talking about Two Point Hospital with oh. all the DLC and oh, stuff. And it's one yeah. of those like management sim games where you right, control yeah, everything. Work. So this is Two Point Campus. And it looks like there's a thousand clubs and activities and tuition and facilities to manage. And it, it, I'm guessing we'll have at least seven hobby addicts about it because. And
2: sex and fr- and, 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 and people having sex in,
1: in fraternity halls. Yeah, kicking people out for the Mary J. Oh, you know, you know how it is.
0: Campus tycoon, got it.
1: <laughs> exactly, exactly. So Pancake. I saw that and I was like,
2: "There's another two point game coming out next year."
1: Oh, fucking two point
2: campus. <laughs> like, <laughs> she goes, "Fuck me."
1: Yeah, no. I, I, they dropped the trailer, and I immediately like opened up my like notepad. And I'm like, "Let Mitts know."
2: It's very exciting. I appreciate you told me that.
1: No, no problem. But besides that, the the long-awaited reveal of Elden Ring finally came out. The brand-spanking-new game from From Software, obviously mm-hmm. the people who did Dark Souls and Sekiro and Bloodborne and all that good, good stuff. Uh, Elden Ring was teased. I don't even know how many years ago. Four, a hundred. Five. I don't. A while ago. I. Someone smarter than me can look it up or know off the top of their head but this is the one kind of with collaboration of like writing and lore efforts of George R. R. Martin from Game of Thrones and honestly when it was first revealed many years ago I was just like eh I mean I like Shrum Software but the trailer really didn't do anything for me it was just one of those you know narration videos with a, this big blacksmith dude forging some kind of possibly Elden Ring itself and I was like whatever it'll probably be fine but now that I'm seeing it with a full trailer with hints of gameplay with kind of a look into the different mechanics at play in this like open world environment with you'll possibly unmount sometimes with roaming enemies with just tons and tons and tons of enemy designs and bosses with all those berserk references it looks spectacular and even more spectacular than how good it looks is that they announced it's coming out in January of next year which is I like I was watching it with a group of people in discord and as it was coming to an end I'm like do you think I was like okay guys guess the uh, release date and I was guessing like October of this year because I was being like way too optimistic but even then like early 2022 is fantastic and it's coming to pc and ps4 and ps5 and I am awesome unbelievably hyped for it
2: I don't know it's like a, i'm not sure when it'll be that they will force me to get a ps5 I'm just kind of waiting for them to you know push me over the edge but it hasn't happened yet so
1: yeah it'd be nice if by then you know the whole like chip shortage thing is taken care of uh I doubt it but I would guess that you know because it's on multi-platform it could be one of those things where you Buy it, play it on the PS4, and then like it still carries over and works when you eventually get the PS5. But that's uh, my plan. I'll definitely be playing it day one. And who who cares? It's gonna be amazing. From software it oh, looks yeah. like they're taking risks, which tends to work out for them. Like on one hand, you know, you, they say it's gonna be open world, which means you kind of lose some of that like finely crafted experience that like every player who's played like Dark Souls, is like, oh, remember when this enemy jumps out at this point at this exact spot and forces you to roll off and you fall to your death? Like that's a finely tuned crafted thing to make you react and die there. But everyone has to go through that with, you know, perhaps like random enemy encounters that could kind of change that experience. But I trust from software and I am just a dumb fanboy. So what do I know? (laughs) Well, if you're,
0: you're not dumb.
1: Well, I'm a dumb fanboy
2: too, so...
0: Okay. Yeah, <laughs> so,
2: wow.
1: I, I, hope it, I wonder if it's going to play just like Dark Souls or if it's going to be, you know... It looks more like the Sekiro vein of jumping, faster combat. Uh, obviously, mm-hmm. there was no, like, UI uh, on the trailer, so I couldn't see if there was, like, a stamina bar or, like, what kind of stuff you would have to manage during the fight, but... It, it looks different. It looks like they're, you know, different but the same. Still the same stuff you love, but enough tweaks to feel fresh and new, which is almost exactly what I want besides Bloodborne 2.
2: Uh, were there any other games from E3 that were particularly, um, you know, grabbing, as, as, as I guess I'd put it?
1: Uh no because Hollow Knight Silk Song wasn't there, so who cares? E three was a failure. And I only <laughs> watched the first like kickoff day, so there could have been more that was released later. I know Square Enix did their thing today and they might have had some great drops, but you know, some things looked better or worse depending on stuff, but nothing I'm knowledgeable enough to speak to.
2: Well I mean didn't didn't Sony basically not even go to E three
1: at all? I I don't, mean, I don't think they really believe there. so. I think it was more like individual, individual, like developer stuff.
2: I feel like E3 gets more disappointing every year. Like, like, it used to be this huge thing. Everybody was there. Everybody was spending a ton of money. And it's like now it's like Nintendo hasn't done it in ages. And they just put out like a video. And Sony didn't do it. And I don't know.
1: It's almost like who gives a fuck?
2: But games they- will come
1: out when they come out. And, uh, that might just know. be me, cynical ass
2: Mitsugi, well, what else do we have here? we got we still got some time. I think maybe we should pivot back to Caroline, no place on earth, the documentary
0: okay, yes, so um i I heard about this documentary, I thought it sounded pretty interesting, so I went to go see if I could. Uh, watch it somewhere and just my luck it was on Amazon Prime and you can watch it with your membership you don't have to pay for it um, the only thing is is that it's coming off of Amazon Prime on June 15th so anybody listening to this it's not going to be there anymore but, oh, um, but
1: I could watch it yes should, you should watch I watch it,
0: it? Um, well let me tell you what it's about so um, imagine that you are a caver you know a, a, a person that likes to explore caves and um Spelunker. and see what they're all about uh, this guy who it was a caver, he decided to go to the Ukraine and look at some of these famous caves and you explore them. He comes across uh, a dinosaur of no. <laughs>
2: Sorry.
0: He comes across uh, women's shoes and buttons and all of these objects that, uh, you know, led him to believe that people were living here once upon a time. And upon mm. further inspection, all of these things were from the 1940s. So he goes on this quest to kind of figure out why were people living in this cave? And as it turns out, it was a group of Jewish families that were escaping the Nazis oh, in Ukraine. Okay. And they spent over a year in complete darkness in these caves surviving. And it's it's basically, yeah, so it just goes through it. They meet some of the family members. They kind of share their story. And while uh, some of the people did not lived there completely in those, in that uh, over like 400 days or something like that. They, um, some people were going out and finding supplies and also kind of working undercover kind of in the nearby town as part of the police or something like that. It gets a little bit confusing at some parts uh, because there are so many people involved. But um, for the most part, all the women didn't really go anywhere. All the kids didn't really go where. So they had to change caves a couple times. They literally got caught by the Nazis, like, I think once or twice during this whole thing. And miraculously, only a couple of them died from this. Uh, so, yeah, and eventually they they escaped, uh, you know, or they left the caves after uh, Ukraine was freed. And, yeah, it's uh, in the, the rest is kind of history. So they kind of go through those stories. We meet some of the people being interviewed that actually experienced it and by the end of the documentary you see them revisit these caves. Um so it's pretty it's pretty good.
1: How old are the people that they're interviewing? They must have been pretty up there in age for them to still oh, be yeah. alive.
0: Well, I think this was like a 2013 documentary and, you know, the adults that were living in these caves obviously aren't still around, but there were kids. Where there was one like two year old girl or something like that. So she's probably the youngest of them. Uh, and so, I would say there there was like a uh, four or five of those kids that were living there that were being interviewed for this. And they brought their uh, one brought her like his granddaughter to the cave to see how they lived and stuff like that. They couldn't really go down into some of these. I mean, parts they're all the at caves. least
1: what like seventy years old. Like <laughs>
0: yeah, they're like they're like eighty. Probably. I think the one, one guy was like 92 or something like that. He looked really good for 92. Yeah, though. He's not
1: going to be going around spelunking anytime soon.
0: Yeah. Yeah. But um, yeah, it was a pretty interesting story because you don't really imagine what it'd be like to live in a cave for 400 days and still have your sanity.
2: Jesus. That's so and, crazy. and you would
0: think that because caving is so hard and people and dangerous. like even experienced cavers would not have been able to survive what they did. And they, they they were just basically going through trial and error trying to figure out how to survive down there. That's crazy. Yeah.
2: So,
1: wow.
0: uh, you can watch it on Amazon Prime up to until the 15th.
1: Okay. I will uh, consider it. We'll see if I have enough time. <laughs> well, Amazon Prime, it's a
2: weird thing. It's like... Like I've said before, half their stuff's like for free and half of it isn't. I don't know. I can't. Yeah,
0: it is weird. But I was so glad when I saw like, okay, so it's on Amazon Prime. How much am I actually going to pay for this? And I'm like, play now. I'm like, sure.
2: All right. Well, that sounds interesting. It's a little depressing maybe too, but more or maybe just a fascinating tale of survival, I guess. I don't know. So what else do we got here? Disc Golf, Mason. I know you're yeah. an aficionado. He loves his disc golf, loves his sunburns.
1: I, I do. It's, you get it's a sunburn. what I do. Not best. Um I'm checking now. No, I'm doing alright. I this is my last weekend. This will be my last recording in Illinois, actually. Oh. Uh next week I am driving back to the East Coast. Boop, boop. Back on that on that late time slot. So back to
0: the EDT, man.
1: Exactly, it's or I guess it's EST cuz it's Eastern time instead of like CST central.
0: Well, it's EDT right now because we're well, in Yeah, today. but that's
1: like global. Like there's EST and EDT and then there's a separate EST which is the Eastern time zone. I think. Who the or maybe hell Maybe it's cares? just ET. <laughs> anyway, uh yeah, I think you're right, actually. Maybe it is CDT. and Yeah, everything everything I just said was wrong. But uh, <laughs> this is my last weekend here. So I was like, you know what? I want to go out and play my favorite disc golf courses before I uh, head out. So I woke up early on Saturday, and I played essentially back-to-back-to-back to back to back 54 holes of disc golf Jesus. across a couple different courses across the yeah. state. And I kind of just, it was like 90 degrees, 90 plus degrees, like almost no winds. So it was sweltering. I think it like ended up like five miles of walking around. You must be great at throwing a Frisbee. I'm moderately pretty good. (laughs) But like throwing a disc golf Frisbee is completely different than throwing like the classic concept of what you consider a Frisbee to be. It's more like throwing almost like a discus thing where there isn't so much floatiness to it and more of just like whipping it i don't know it's kind of hard to explain but it is different but it is enjoyable and i just uh did one course and my plan was to total my score up across all three of them and try to break even Mm -hmm. so
0: would you say that because the the disc is a little weightier is it a little bit more accurate when you throw it
1: Hmm, that's, it's less, it's less going to be, like, buffed around by the wind and stuff. So you do have a bit more, like, consistency, I would say, with Mm -hmm. throwing it. But it is, uh, I don't want to say it's difficult or easy, but it just has its own quirks. And because each disc, sorry, I just smacked the desk, is made out of different kinds of plastic, they can warp and change, and even in the heat, kind of, like, change their flight patterns. And, I mean, I have a bag with, like, 20 different discs, and I throw, like, different discs in different situations depending on how much I need it to curve or hold a line <laughs> or, like wow, so or, like, skip. so it's like a
0: like golf clubs.
1: Do you have a caddy? Yeah, exactly. Uh, I do not. I don't have someone carrying my bag for me and recommending different shots. <laughs> but they're it's and like I said before you can the cost of entry to play disc golf is very low like with for 30 bucks you can get two solid discs which is all you really need as a beginner and playing each course is practically free and you can go with dogs you can just go with people who aren't playing and they can just walk like it's very inclusive which makes it a lot of fun like I can get my dad playing I can go with friends who've never played before and I can just say hey I'll give you two discs come play with me like it's A great sport for that, but there definitely is the other side of the spectrum where guys have, you know, wheel bags of like 50 discs with them. And they're like all really mechanical about everything. And I'm somewhere along that spectrum, but it's it's still fun. And I succeeded after three courses. My total score was under par. Hmm. So I counted it as a win and I did not get the sunburned because after the first course, I was like, it is. Uh, sweltering out, and I loaded up on some sunscreen, and I'm a good, safe boy who takes care of my skin.
2: Do you have people, like, th- like throwing grass up in the air and shit when they're playing disc golf?
1: Uh, yeah, you get that a bit. Hmm, okay. Okay, okay, okay. So, uh, it, it's good. If anyone ever comes to visit me in Connecticut or... Anywhere else, uh, you can come play disc golf with me. Is your mom Are you telling you people
0: they can just show up at their house, at your house, and say like, "Hey, you want to play disc golf?"
1: Yeah, I'll be like, "Sure, let's go." Is your mom really sad because you're moving? Uh, no, I, she's the one who's like really pushing me to leave. I think I've been here long <laughs> enough. She's like, out. "You know what, Mason? I love you, but you, uh, I, I want, I want more time for me." And that way, she can host friends and have them come over and not have to worry about her annoying son and. The Aww. attic. Just, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. So no, it'll be a little sad, but it's been a it's been a good homestay.
2: All right. Well, I think we have exhausted all topics since I pretty much came with nothing. I mean, to be honest, it was pretty much nothing. So, but uh, hopefully we'll have more next week. I really, I'm just in terms of video games. I'm still I still consider myself injured right now, so I'm just playing Dragon Quest Eleven because it's it requires no strenuous like controller use whatsoever. And uh, it's probably the it's probably the best Dragon Quest game I've ever played. So, and I can't wait for number twelve. Although I heard that they're going to change the combat system somewhat, which is probably the first time ever in 35 years. So, me and various friends of mine that I that are Dragon Quest fans were all like terrified of what they're going to do to it. So, as like pretty much the only JRPG series that's left that's old that's like like old school that hasn't like fucked with its mechanics. You know, the way that like Final Fantasy is done. So we're all pretty, uh, pretty scared about that. But, all right, well, that's the end. We're going to go prepare for our, you
1: know, for for what you really want to hear the main podcast. So, uh, yeah, have a good one. (laughs) I'll be back
2: next week and I'll have a story of tackling a a road and getting, you know, hopefully the the car not stuck. So, see you next time, guys.
1: See ya. Bye.
0: Bye.